Welcome to the Ecom Profit Podcast. I'm your host, Dawn Sinkula, CEO of Digital Dawn, and I'm so excited to be here with you today. Here on the Ecom Profit Podcast, I open Pandora's box and share with you and other ecom business owners weekly topics that will help you explode your business online. I outline my tried and true secret sauce, the D2D method, that's guaranteed to bring your business results. As an entrepreneur myself, I try to pull out all the same entrepreneurial passions in others. So get ready to be fired up about your business and let's have a great time. Welcome to the Ecom Profit Podcast. Welcome to the Ecom Profit Podcast. I'm your host, Dawn Sinkula, and today I have a very special guest. Chris Wyatt, who has been a friend of mine for, gosh, many years now and is the owner of a digital marketing agency. And we're going to have a great conversation today about things that we are seeing in the market from Facebook ads to strategy to tips and tricks, all sorts of good things. So welcome to the show, Chris. Hey, thanks for having me. Tell us a little bit about your business and some of the things that uh, you focus on and work on in the digital marketing space. Yeah, so run an agency primarily focused on uh, e-commerce sales, both digital and physical. So that's like people who have uh, courses or like front end, like little mini, mini master classes or Maybe they sell a bundle of like templates for design or uh, website copy, that, that type of thing. Or if they're physical e-commerce as well, if they sell little trinkets or necklaces, health and wellness uh, is a niche that I know really well in beauty. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's the primary thing. And I try to tell people that I, I really provide and really want to be people's advertising CMS. Um, mm. CMS. CMS stands for creative, media buying, and strategy. And so that's, that's what I focus on is, is I really love doing creative for people. And so we do, we'll do people's images and gifts and uh, product photo shots, um, product mock-ups, that type of thing, as well as doing the media buying and helping them uh, strategically with kind of what their offers are like, Hey, should we run a promo for 20% off? Or should we do a buy one, get one free? Or should we buy one, buy this course, get a free t-shirt type of thing. So we work on offers as well. Um, with people. So that's it in a nutshell. Um, that's the yeah. primary, our primary focus. Got it. It was super exciting. So let's talk a little bit more about some of the strategy pieces that you work on specifically. And let's just have open conversation about what you and I both as, you know, agencies, we, we work in similar niches, overlap a little bit in some cases. And I know that there's a lot of trends happening right now of things that are working really well, strategies that we're seeing. Let's talk specifically about maybe Facebook and Instagram ads and what we're seeing work really well or things that we're seeing maybe not work really well, particularly as it relates to iOS. I think, you know, I I did a separate podcast about iOS and kind of some of the challenges that businesses are facing, but we're kind of on the, let's call it the other side of that, meaning like this is the new world that we're in and and this is how we have to adapt and work through it if you're going to be spending money on paid, right? You, you kind of have to get over the iOS thing and figure out how you're going to make it work for your business. So what are some things that you're seeing 
as an agency media buyer that's working really well with your, let's say, e-com clients specifically? What are what are some strategies or tactics of things that you're you're seeing happen? Is it is it certain types of creative? Is it certain types of um, you know, long form copy, short form copy, because we're, we're kind of all over the place in some cases, <laughs> different things, different clients type of things working. But I'd just be curious to know what, what you're seeing. Yeah, I mean, the big thing uh, with coming from and dealing with kind of the changes with iOS is the number one thing that people have to have is proper tracking. Mm-hmm. Um, I've focused on that quite a bit. And I have found a solution that I thoroughly enjoy using um, and it works. It's called Hyros, H-Y-R-O-S. Actually, excuse me. I just made a post about it right before I came on here uh, where I had a client who yesterday uh, spent about 350 bucks and uh, in, in Facebook showed we had zero sales. So I don't know about you, but I don't, I don't like, I don't like spending 350 bucks in a day, $350 in a day and not getting anything for it. Right. Uh, as far as sales. So I immediately was just like, wow, let me go check Hyros because Hyros tracks it differently. Yeah. Um, and I went in there. We actually had um, $808 in total sales uh, yesterday. <laughs> so, I mean, so you went from basically a zero return on your money to, yep. you know, a 2.2, 2.3 return. Now, of that $808, $414 was new sales, meaning yeah. like we spent $350 and we made basically $415 back. So on that, for every dollar that we spent yesterday, we made $1.20. Now that's great when it's a digital product like this was. So they'd be obviously making a 20%. Um, the 808, the difference between the 808 and the 414 is reoccurring revenue. So this offer actually has um, a reoccurring component to it. So when the person buys the initial product, they then are offered a membership uh, within 10 days of purchasing that new, uh, within purchasing that that product. So that is also factored into our ROAS because like it came, that sale came from the ads. Well, Facebook can't track that. Um, it doesn't track it that way. Like it doesn't know that, hey, this person bought a different product nine days later and we should also track it back to the original ad that they clicked on. Which, which is phenomenal insights, right? To be able to know, okay, this ad and this ad set really drove this these sales and to really look back at it on a 30-day basis. That That is by far, I mean, any framework that I've ever done, I used to have this method called the TAO method. I still kind of use it. Uh, it stands for, I love acronyms, it stands for tracking, architecture, and optimization. So the first part of the TAO method is tracking. And I used to use Google Analytics and there's other things that I used to do. You know, Google Analytics, UTM parameters is probably a very popular thing. You could still use those and they still work decently well if you don't want to pay for a paid solution like Kairos. Um, but it, even, even Google Analytics doesn't track the same way because Google Analytics does not link up the way that Kairos does to your payment processor. And it's not able to see your email, email addresses the same way. Like it just tracks differently um, than these these traditional platforms that are have been used for a long time. So that's that's the biggest thing that I've seen 
So, so let me, let me ask you a couple questions about that specifically, because you bring up a couple things I want to talk a little bit further about. And, and one of them is, you know, a lot of people that are just getting started with, you know, Facebook ads or been running ads or starting to work with agencies don't really understand how important tracking is. And I, I think Hyros is a great thing, but they are just sort of natively using what Facebook is giving them as the solution. And what we've learned even before iOS is that that's not the best solution anyway, right? And and it doesn't always capture, I mean, in my case, I sometimes we're, you know, 30, 40, 50% different than what Facebook says, it, you know, as a captured sale. Um, so having a system or a process set up like a UTM, Google Analytics or something, for somebody who's just starting, taking the time to understand that, taking the time to set it up properly, and taking the time to know what you're looking at is super important. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, so things like that. But then you also started to kind of go into a really interesting conversation around reoccurring income. So shift gears just a touch with this reoccurring income, because what I found with, you know, clients specifically is that the front end offer can oftentimes be profitable. But for e-commerce, it's even harder, right? Because there's a, a margin difference that you have to kind of think through. Having a reoccurring offer is so important or having a follow-up sequence or an abandoned cart sequence or having some sort of additional sales around it. Talk to me a little bit about how you strategize with your clients around some of that reoccurring income and what kinds of things have you seen work really well? Has it been like, you know, an upsell off the back of a product? Has it been through more email marketing, ha- a combination of all of that. What what are you seeing that works around reoccurring or additional income off of a original product? Yeah, um, great question. I'm actually going to circle back to something you said just real quick. Um, yeah. you, you talked about the intricacies of, of tracking and how that's yeah. still so vital. I think the intricacies, the thing that popped in my brain when you said that particular word is that the thing has been very difficult, particularly since iOS and even before then, is that the, the intricacies are platform specific. Meaning, yeah. if you're on a ClickFunnels or if you're on Kajabi um, or if you're on, um, you know, Drop Funnels or if you're on uh, Lead Pages or Unbounce and yep. Kartra, if you're on any of those platforms, they all have intricacies and in tracking that just got magnified. multiplied the intricacies and the complexity of tracking with iOS. So for me, I've been trying to really just become an expert on like really Kajabi. I have a lot of clients on Kajabi. So I've learned a lot with Kajabi. So I I feel like I figured out a really good handle on uh, how to track with Kajabi. And Kajabi has done a decent job with integrating uh, well into Facebook. Um, ClickFunnels, uh, you know, that's, <laughs> we can have know, another I, show about I, that. Yeah, we can have another show about that. Click, I, listen, I, the, it's not a knock on ClickFunnels. ClickFunnels no, is the best no, builder, no. builder in the in the space. Yeah. Um, and I'm hearing some rumblings of some improvements coming down the line too. So I've heard. We, yep. we, we've hopefully they they fix those things because if they fix what I'm hearing that they're fixing, I might be going back because uh, yeah. they don't currently use them. Um, 
But the point is, I want to wrap that up and tie this in a bow is that there are intricacies. So if you're listening and you're trying to get your tracking in place, knowing that, hey, there's you got to verify your domain. You got to go through the process of making sure that the pixel and all that stuff is in place. And then you got to figure out how that then works with your particular platform. So totally. just just give yourself patience in that because it's going to be some intricacies there that you're going to have to work through. Now, right. with that said, now, once you fix that, then, so this is why I want to address that. Then we can talk about the, the reoccurring revenue because you need to be able to track that and be able to have those yep. insights so that you can actually get into the strategies. Because if you're not tracking, um, if you're not tracking anything, these things uh, properly to be able to know where they're coming from or why they're important, then it kind of, it's kind of a moot point. So good, good point. Yep. Agreed. To your point around strategy, what do I do with people? Um, I'm going to plug another book here that I think is really, really good. Um, Axel Mosey just came out with a book called hundred million dollar offers and he's got an equation on value and a few other things in that book that are really, really good. And he talks about reoccurring revenue and another one that he uses the word, um, I used to call it repeat customers. He used yep. the word free frequency. And I really, really like that. Um, uh, in, in the, in the traditional, uh, brick and mortar space i think it's called velocity like yeah. like like how how fast product leaves the velocity that a product leaves the shelves right yep yep um so you can either have one or the other and sometimes you can have both right if you have a membership and you also also other products that are not included in the membership so yep. for me i don't want people to get caught up that they have to have reoccurring revenue if they don't have a reoccurring membership because they're like hey i don't want to i don't want to have a membership because then that implies a different business model yep so that's okay you just have to ramp up the frequency in which you roll out new products to these people so that they can buy. Let me give you an example. In the e-commerce space, when I was evaluating purchasing a business probably five, six years ago. And when I was evaluating them, I was evaluating their Google ads uh, and their Google shopping acquisition costs. It was a female, uh, a female fashion brand. Phenomenal mm-hmm. branding. Unfortunately, now they're actually out of business. They know that they sold it and whoever they sold it to just, I don't know if they liquidated it or they're, they, whatever with the brand, but it was phenomenal brand. And, and but they had some misguided uh, knowledge around acquisition, um, cost per acquisition and that type of thing. I looked and I said, hey, I see you spent money on ads, but it looks like you've recently turned off your Google ads and your Google shopping. And I said, it looks like you're, it's like $23 or $24 and change for an acquisition. Their average order value was $35. Okay. So basically, so let's select easy numbers. Let's go. It's $24 and $36. So they were spending a dollar and getting a dollar fifty back. Yep. Now, if you know fashion, it's pretty high margin. Yep. But even with their margin and fulfillment costs and, and you factor in all their, their cost of goods, service of fulfillment and their inventory, like they were essentially, I think they were breaking even to like losing a couple bucks. And they were like, yeah. hey, we can't lose any money right now. Right. Now, I said, I said, I said, but based on your calculations, it's actually pretty close to break even. They're like, oh, yeah, I guess so. They didn't even know. And I was right. actually asking them in the acquisition, like I was actually hurting myself in the valuation of their company and evaluating <laughs> them because I was like, are you guys not factoring us in? Right. And, and, and then I asked them, I said, do you have the data? Like, I think it was a Shopify store. And I said, you have the data on all your people who have purchased from you. Yeah. So do export all that data, do a pivot table and see roughly basically how many people fall into, a, you know, single orders in the last 12 months, 
double or two orders, three orders, four orders, and obviously exclude them from the previous yeah from the previous level. They had it was very surprising. They had four. They, I, I was shocked when I saw this, and I think they were too because they never looked at numbers this way. The average person purchased. Uh, it was like twenty five to thirty percent of people that came into their business. So one out of three. Let's go a little higher. One out of three for easy numbers. Yep. We're purchasing four plus times. They they stopped after four. They weren't they didn't have like they had super spenders who were four yeah. plus. They stopped yeah. after that. Uh, one in three people were bu- purchasing four times in twelve month period of time with them. So right. they were buying their spring collection, summer collection, fall collection, probably yeah. Black Friday, right? Yeah. And so I'm sitting there like, dude, all those extra three orders are free. So yeah. let's say you pay twenty four bucks to acquire this person, get their email list, and then they purchase three extra times over the course of that year. The, yep. the, what what's that cost for an email to go out? Point zero 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 one one cent. Yeah. But like not even. Let's say it's a cent. You pay three cents for extra three orders. So yep. all that is is there's no cost in that. It's all margin. So yep. if you've got a fifty percent margin, that means you just made an extra eighteen bucks on each one of those. On you extra fifty four dollars in profit. Yeah. From this customer that now that you didn't want to lose one or two bucks on on the front end yep that's it i'm like that's i'm like that's crazy to me so when it comes to reoccurring so i'm going to tie this back in when it comes to reoccurring revenue and frequency and strategy what a lot of people get caught up on is that initial purchase they they want to like they want to just they want to make they want to make double and triple their money on that first purchase and what they don't understand is, is that the businesses that they're ultimately trying to emulate but at a smaller scale they lose money on the acquisition of their customers or break even yep. on the acquisition of that customer up front. But if you have reoccurring revenue and you have or and or have really good frequency and you're able to then sell somebody two, three, four, five times a year, regardless of the type, physical or digital product, yep. It, yep. you make so much more money. So that's what Titus and a nice little bow. That's what I've been strategizing with people is helping people with their mindset, really yeah. their mindset around like how they look at their metrics yeah. because – the mindset around your metrics really dictates your strategy on like your messaging, how important it is to be more direct response versus brand building on the front end. Yep. Like yep. being more, maybe get people in through a quiz instead of direct selling them straight from the newsfeed instead of building it. So I call it being a, uh, a car salesman billboard in the newsfeed, right? Like yeah. that's essentially what you're doing. Um, right. So that's been the big thing is helping people realizing, realize the power of reoccurring and frequency so because if they're losing money or breaking even on the front end, that's okay because if you can get people to buy two or three additional times or two or three additional products in that thir- first 30 to 45-day period of time, yep. dude, you're, you're winning. Good. That's massive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're, 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 you're essentially – all those extra purchases are free. I, I And I think that's such an important point that people don't think about, and particularly new newer business owners, right, that are struggling to get – you know, their first couple of sales, or maybe they're making $5,000 a month or $10,000 in their stores a month or, or something along that. And they're, they're feeling like it's, it's sluggish, right? But that piece of reoccurring income or the ability to sell again is, that is the, 
the golden pot, right? Like that is the thing that makes businesses grow is the reoccurring piece of it. Of course, you always have to have traffic. Of course, you always have to have new people coming in, but taking care of that. And we talk, I've talked about it from a loyalty perspective, you know, having loyalty offers, loyalty programs, those types of things certainly help with that. But from a metrics perspective, I think you just bring up great points in that, you know, you can expect, you know, it's, unusual, at least in my experience right now, for people to be making huge profits off the first sale using Facebook ads. Doesn't mean it can't happen, but I think the expectation is well, going to make a little again, bit. Again, mindset, what's huge profits? Like, right, right. What, what does that even that, mean? What, is, what does that mean? Like, <laughs> right. okay, True. so I spend a dollar and get $5 back. Like, come on, dude. Like, yeah. gal, dude, who, who like, uh, right. seriously, like, even in the best days, I have never seen a front end product do more really than like a three X on the front end yep. as a digital product, like three X you're crushing it. And that was, you could have done that maybe about two years ago, yep. up to about two years ago, you could have done that maybe yep. 18 months ago. If you had a really kick-ass offer right now up to iOS, I say that you could have been at a two to two and a half with a really good offer. Right? Yep. And a really good media buying strategy and really good creative, right? Yep. Like you could you could have been doing two to two and a half on a consistent basis. I was doing that for some clients, not all my clients, but there was a handful that had really phenomenal offers, yeah, or really phenomenal communities. And it was just but there was again, I'm gonna a little, a little tidbit there, communities. They had yeah. they already were a little bit more established. They were established, right? They are right. a little bit more well known. So like yeah. they weren't coming out of the you know, the shadows in a sense. Um as a first time brand. Right. Yeah. Um, but, but when iOS happened, even that, that particular offer, since that happened, we were deleting in iOS, we were at like a one seven to a two up. Yeah. One and a half was like a bad, a bad window of time. Right now we're at a 1.2 to 1.5. So we've shifted down about 50, like 30%, 40% yeah. since iOS, yeah. even with the extra tracking. So yeah. it does make it harder for Facebook to optimize. And so like, but here's here's the beauty. Is this client's like, hey, we got a back end. We have recurring revenue. Right. We know that like we know that like their mindset is, is if we can break even on the front end, like spend as much as possible. Right. Because we're going to sell them and that's going to be, quote unquote, free for us and all profit. And from an e-com perspective, that's the genius. Right. Break even on the front. Sell them something on the end. It, your margins are still, you know, you, you still have your cogs, but you don't have to spend to acquire. And that piece of it, you're right. It's all about the mindset of understanding and learning expectations me, and understanding me, expectations. Let me, from let, me, let, me, let me give you another perspective because that yeah. was a digital. This is a, that was a digital product. Yeah, right. A digital membership yeah. perspective. I, I've worked with a brand where if we can top line revenue be at a 0.95 on acquisition they're stoked they're asking me how can we spend like if i'm at a one one or one two they're actually yeah. upset yeah because they're like you're not spending enough for us to get more customers right right and i'm like that's mind-blowing to me like because i'm always like hey i want to make a little bit of profit yeah and they're like no dude like give me a 0.9 or a 0.95 or a one 
right? Or whatever. Spend, because that or means you're spending more much, a lot more money to get more traffic because the back end, the reoccurring is so solid. Because they because they have they a volume. they have they have a subscription and a, and a membership, right, on the back yep. end, and they know what that back end rate looks like, and they and guess what? They understand their frequency. They yep. understand that hey, listen, over the next two years, this person's going to spend five grand with us. Yeah. They're going to spend three grand with us and all of that's free because they're coming from the email list or they're coming from quote unquote direct traffic or organic traffic. Yeah. Right. So it's like, why wouldn't you, but again, I think I'm going to go back to mindset really with a lot of this stuff is like people need to have and take a step back and ask themselves if, if you're starting a business was like going to college and you gave your four years to figure it out. And you had the same patience that you had going to college. There's why don't you have that same patience and relaxation that you had going to college with starting your business or starting yep. with a new offer and yep. have patience for those four years. And guess yeah. what? During those four years, you took a lot of different classes that I would equate that to trying different offers. Not every class you're going to love. Not every, not every class your audience is going to love. Not everything right. that you think is going to work is going to work out. Right. But give yourself that flexibility to, yeah. to figure out what you actually do like, what you're going to quote unquote major in. Yeah. And if you have that same type of perspective that it's going to take four years and if you're going to get a master's degree, and if you're going to get yeah. a PhD, that's yeah. 10 years. If you think that far out and you think that far in advance, you're like, if, if, if all you had at the end of trying this out at four years was a list of buyers, let's say you got one buyer a day for the next four years. You'd have a list four times, four, you know, 365, 1,200, you know, it's about another be bigger. 260. <laughs> so, yeah, it'd be, it'd be, be, about, 1500, be about 1,500. Let's just go say there's about 1,500 people, right? Yeah. Um, you'd have a list of buyers. People have bought from you. Yeah. Like, yeah. Appear. That's not like people who have joined your list or abandoned cart or anything, that other stuff. Yeah. Let's say that that's going to be triple that. So now you got a list of 5,000 people who have tried to buy and probably a list of probably 10,000 people who have opted into stuff. Yeah. At the end of four years, you get a list of 10,000 people. Roughly, give or take, the industry average says that you should make about a dollar to two dollars per person who's on your emails per, yep. per month. Yep. So you'd have a $10,000 to $20,000 a month revenue-based business just off yeah. your email list. Right. In four years. If that's all you were able to accomplish in the next four years, just staying steady, Eddie. You'd be pretty. Would you, you'd would be, you be pretty happy? With, yeah. Would you be happy with that? And I'd say majority of the people are. Yeah. I would agree. I would agree. Well, you know, you have a a new business that you kind of started and and I want to just take a little bit of time to kind of talk about this because it's been interesting I think from, you know, having it be kind of this family business and and doing this mm-hmm. with your kids and and things like that and and you've started with your kids a, a an e-com um soap business, right? Yes. And, and kind of done it for fun and and mm-hmm. something to kind of build with your kids, you know, that type of thing, which we which we all love and 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 love to do. But it's interesting because I think, you know, like there's probably a lot of insights and learnings that you've had in doing this from a different perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Of of startup and things like that. Give us a couple couple tips as we wrap up here on on some things that you've learned. Uh, starting this new business from scratch that maybe our our listeners can can take and apply. Yes. Uh, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. It's uh, 
it's it's been interesting. Uh, we, me and you have joked uh, off 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 air here that you know this is probably the one that's going to be will be your million dollar your business, right? The ten million dollar business, like right, oh right. yeah, million dollar business, but like yeah, this would be my ten million dollar business, right? right? Yeah, and just from something that like we just started, just because, right? Uh, who knows, right? I'm I, I'm taking my mindset with this is my kids have done a bunch of different stuff, right? Like we've tried, um, my wife has tried a bunch of different stuff over the years. We, we tried a, a local business for a while. Um, we tried, um, and I've tried all, all kinds of e-commerce stores. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've tried, oh gosh, we tried another kind of physical product thing for a while. Didn't, didn't really, it was a uh, clay earrings for my, with my daughter. And one of that was fun to do. My, 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 my sons were, were into that because of the artistic creative component. Um, but the thing was, it was very limiting as well. Uh, but this feels different. Um, yeah. They all have interest in it. We're up to nine different uh, scents of, yeah. of, uh, of, of soaps. Uh, we've got, you know, coffee bean. We've got, you know, a lavender. We've got hometown honey. They've got all clever names. We just she just uh, came out with one called Sweater Weather, which is more kind of a rusticy kind of like yeah. think like oh it's a cloudy day, yeah. Um, kind of more of a fall sense. Uh, we've got a pumpkin, obviously, uh, <laughs> this time of year. Right um, here we go. That one's fermenting right now, but um, and the and their designs are becoming phenomenal as well. Like mm-hmm. like if you look at some of the soaps now, it looks like art. It yeah. looks, it looks like the different marbling that they have going on. Like it's the, it's, it's, I've learned a lot about yeah. soaps and like, you know, yeah. the, the fermentation right. period and right. it's called like, I don't know. There's another word. I'm not going to say what the word is. I, cause it's probably something completely different, but anyways, it's like this, this refining process that soap has to go through. Um, so that's the context. And it's something that they're all interested in. They all want to do it. Um, they take their little, you know, on, you know, on the weekend, they'll set up a little uh, table outside with the soaps. So people yep. walk by. Now we're very fortunate that we live, talk about real estate, you know, location, 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 when you're doing retail, yeah, yeah. we live, uh, when you pull in off the main road, there's a little roundabout, but like, if you go to the left, there's one neighborhood, you go to the right, you, there's another neighborhood. Well, we live on the corner of the first neighborhood that you turn into. And you can actually see us, even if you were going to the other neighborhood. Right. Um, or the, yeah. And so our location, everyone drives through, everyone has to drive through that X to enter or to leave. Yeah. So like they, they get, we get all the traffic from our neighborhood coming by and they'll sell, they'll sit out there for an hour and they'll sell like $200 worth of soaps, $300 worth of soaps. <laughs> um, so it's been, it's been an interesting thing to like see them and talk to them about like cost of goods, right? Like, right. Hey, listen, like, they're like, oh, we made all this money. It's like, well, if we if you take all this money and you spend it, or you try to save all this money, you're not going to be able to make any more. And then their faces are like, what do you mean? I'm right. like, well, it, you got to go buy more materials so you can sell right. more soaps. So you actually can go sell more soaps, or else you're done. Right. Which is fine. Like if you want to liquidate and you don't want to do this anymore, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, you know, this is this is what you have. And they're like, right. no, we want to make more. And I'm like, okay. And so we explain to them like the cost of goods. And if you spend this, the next time you'll make, you know. You'll, yeah. you'll make this much money. And then, then they're like, oh, okay. And so the next time you'll spend a little bit more money, but you'll make more money. Right. And so, yeah, like I said, we're up to nine different soaps now. We're it's actually amazing. starting to gradually, like, we're looking at this like the four-year four-year college thing. Like, yeah. like, listen, like, let's let's do this for fun. It's an outlet for my wife. She loves to be creative. She loves organic yep. stuff. You know, 
Um, and so, yeah, they're just having, right now they're just having fun. We're not running any ads. Um, it's just kind of all organic kind of social media. Yeah. Um, we're going to start running a little bit of, a little bit, a little bit of ads, probably, you know, maybe 10, 15 bucks a day just to start. Cause you can start with that. Yeah. That's the thing. Like I was just going to say like that, that's, that's the key to this is, you know, taking what you have, finding a product that feels good, right? First and foremost, a lot of times it's, you know, something that you kind of stumbled upon or you make or home goods or something like that, you know, getting almost like proof of concept by selling it locally and, and seeing how people like it. And if they sell it, then they pay for it kind of thing. And then taking it bigger, getting up, you guys did a website pretty quickly and put something together and that kind of stuff. But still like, it doesn't have to be this huge, big complex thing to get going. And now you're starting Mm -hmm. to expand the product line and you'll start to do some ads. And like you said, you're going to start with a small budget. Like for, for most people, they, they see these bigger brands or they see these other things and they think it has to be like this, you know, massive undertaking when the reality it's is not. it's not. It doesn't have to be this big thing. It can be, you know, a, a slow grow, like you said, a four year or, or more organic or however you want to do it. But just the fact that you've done it, you've got it out and you've actually made some sales like that's success. Right. And that's what I tell people all the time is like, you've put something out into the market and people have purchased it. Like, be really happy about that. <laughs> like, you've done it. You know, you, you've done something a lot of people haven't done. And I think that piece and, and just sort of understanding the simplicity of it and, and the mindset around it, it's a long grow, it's a, a slow grow, it's a marathon, not a sprint kind of thing. And, and taking it one step at a time is super, super important. So that's cool. I'm really excited to see where this goes with your, with your soaps and your well, kids. It'll, it'll be fun. I mean, it could fizzle out in the next six months or right. it could be something like over the next six years just continues to grow. Um, right. Right. And, and, to, and kind of more of a thing. I want to, I want to touch on something that you said though, as fun. Uh, you said that it doesn't have to be this big thing. It could be something small that you start out with. And it's something that I've taken a step back on myself is as agency owners, people come to us and they already have an offer in mind. And yeah. we do our best to like promote that offer within yeah. our frameworks, within our processes. Right? right. One of the things that I'm testing and have been testing over the last couple of months is testing out ads to figure out which offer is the better mm. offer to start trying to push and, yeah. and, and let the data dictate and the audiences dictate um, which offer they like more. So what yeah. I've done, I'm going to share, I'm going to give you this last little tidbit before we go. Um, so I want some people to walk away with something kind of very yeah. tangible and tactical is let's say you have two or three different offers that you, you can run. Yep. What I would do is I'd set up a very simple page that talks about it. If you want to add a check-in, a checkout cart or the ability to purchase the thing, go ahead. If it's going to be a massive undertaking for you, don't even do it. Just set up a simple landing page that talks about your product and says, if you have any interest, email me, right? Yeah. Literally just a simple landing page. Because the point of this test isn't really to try to get sales. The point of this test is to figure out which of them is going to get a better response yeah. to your cold audience. Yep. So I've just done this with someone. We started with three uh, offers. Uh, we we picked the same image. 
so that the creative was the same. Obviously, yep. the copy and the headline are different, and then obviously the landing page is different, but the creative, the actual image we're using is the same. Why? Because we wanted to have some element of control. The audiences were the same. The age ranges were the same. The targeting was the same, and the initial piece of creative was the same. The only thing that was different was the thing that was talking about the offer, right? Mm-hmm. What I wanted to see was which one had a higher click-through rate and yep. which one ultimately, if there were, in their instance, they set up purchasing, which one had higher purchasing. We started the test with three offers. Yep. I cut after the first day and a half, I cut one of the offers because it just looked like it was doing terrible. The other two offers had two purchases. Yeah. They're both neck for neck. So I'm going to have a call with the client now and say, hey, the one that had a two, one of them was a $67 product from cold traffic that converted two purchases. So it actually ran at a one and a half X. Yep. Uh, the other one or 1.3, 1.5 X. The other one um, was a very, very low ticket uh, product, yep. but we weren't advertising how low ticket it was. I think that would actually help with the click through rate. Yep. Um, but we, again, we didn't want to bias the, the ad copy with putting price in there. So we left price off on all the ads. Um, and that one also had a couple purchases as well. So now we get to make the decision. And here's the, here's the reason why we did that. Because the previous offer, we tried for two months to get it off the ground. And we just, like, cost per purchase were ridiculous, like a couple yeah. of bucks. Yeah. Now we've got two offers that have, both have purchase, purchases yep. at $60 each. Yep. That's a massive win. And we've yeah, only spent 300, concept, right? and we've yeah. only spent 350 bucks to figure that out. Right. So it's like test out your offer, try to control everything exactly. that you can, make sure the audience is the same, all the other stuff is the same. Yep. But just figure out which one's there. Don't yep. get I think people get too tied to like this is going to be the one. It's like, no, you you don't know that. Right. Right. Like generally the ones that you're the most excited about are the ones that bond the most because you're too close. Cause you're too, <laughs> you're close, too close to, to it. Yeah. I agree. You're too close I to agree. it. I agree. And, I then, agree. and then you get emotionally wrecked yeah. when it doesn't work and right. you don't want to try again. And that's, right. that's like the opposite. Like find a couple offers that you can do, throw yep. them out into the world and see which one people actually like. That's so that, that's my little tidbit is just like, Take I think that's a good, good, out. good strategy, and I think that's a great way to get data really quickly and and to test for proof of concept. It's a great way to see if you're specific to ecom, if you have a, a lead product or something that you know you're going to test out new fragrances, new styles, new types, that kind colors. of thing, yep. colors, all all sorts of things. I think it it's amazing way to do that. So, well, Chris, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I want to give people the opportunity to come find you um, on social media. So if people are interested in learning more about you, where can they find you? And then also tell us where we can buy some of your soaps if we are interested in that. So where, where can people find you first? Uh, well, the first place would be just paidadstraining.com. Paidadstraining.com. So okay. Yeah, that's that's the if you need some help with some paid ads, that's the place to go. Perfect. Perfect. How about the soap business? Where can we where can we support your your kids in their soap business? <laughs> um, it is uh, hippie-ish. Hippie-ish. Or, organics. Hippieishorganics.com. Hippieishorganics.com. I'm All right. Like, hold on. Let me, yeah, let me, let me double check this. See, this I'm not involved with this project. So. <laughs> I love it. Hippieishorganics.com. All right. Mm-hmm. We'll make sure that we include that in the show notes um, just as a fun bonus if people are interested in that. So sounds good. 
All right. Thanks, Chris, so much. Appreciate your time. And um, for those of you still listening, thank you so much. And until next time. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you like what you've heard, I'd be so grateful if you'd leave a review. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you'd like to see if you're a good fit to work with the Digital Dawn team, head over to digitaldawnagency.com forward slash contact and let's book a call. Thanks so much again and until next time.